that was like part of something that like I wanted to talk to you about, but I didn't want to ask you directly, you know, if it would, because like, so I didn't want to make like the whole episode about, oh, you know, Brenna's a lesbian, but like, I just, <laughs> me, myself, like I was curious what like. Yeah, we could make that a title if we'd like to, you know, that would be great. <laughs> Wait, make this the thing where you make it the intro. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. Welcome to episode number six of Breath of Fresh Life podcast. I'm Garrett Hayden, joined as always by Andrew Lydon and Brenna Keefe on this fine Wednesday evening. How, how are both of you guys doing? Pretty good. It's a nice day. Happy to be here. Yeah, just uh, finishing off that uh, cream cheese bagel. Nice. For those who don't have the what is it the audio the visual oh yeah that's right people can't see that but hey yeah the finishing touches on a great plain bagel and it was glorious i just realized i'm the only one not wearing a tank top so yikes i clearly didn't get the memo jesus that's embarrassing (laughs) i'm not even sure if i have one (laughs) like at all i don't think so i mean maybe there's like a camp a camp shirt that we did because, I mean, we definitely made cutoffs, like, last year, the year before, in, yeah. uh, in our rest cabin. So, you know, I probably have something lying lying, lying around in my closet. Um, all right, so en- enough of that, enough of the pleasantries. We'll uh, get into our uh, topic today, which is sexuality, which um, I think for me, just speaking, um, not not that it's uncomfortable, but it's, like, not something that I usually... I'm very open talking about. So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this because I don't really know where we're going to go. Um, but that's a topic, you know, and it's anything that can branch out from that. And, you know, I'm just really looking forward to getting into that. Um, any, any overall thoughts before we get going? I'm super excited. I'm very open about my sexuality, so that's a little, I think, on the other side of it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a conversation that never stops, which is why I like it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, you have anything? Yeah, I think since the inception of this podcast, we've been talking about really sitting down and speaking about this at length, so this is a really big day. Really excited about it. Good. So, I think... Just naturally, when we start with any kind of, you know, new topic, um, I think it makes sense for us to talk about kind of what what sexuality means to the three of us, you know, if what it means literally or what it means figuratively, kind of just 
anything that kind of comes to mind when you hear that term and kind of what it means for us. Um, and so if either one of you want to take that, we can kind of just start there. Um, I think that's, I think that's a, a hard question to answer in the sense that like, I don't think I'd ever want to solely define like sexuality as one thing just because there's sure. so many like ways of looking at it. Right. I yeah. mean, there's the medical diagnosis of what that is, but or not diagnosis, but terminology, whatever. Of what Biological. Is, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but then there's like the actual reality of what it is and it's so different and it's different for every single person. So, I mean, for me, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> That's how I view myself. But like girls who like girls, you know, kind of a thing, but mm -hmm. not always. And I, it's, it's always different for every single person. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely not going to break out like a, a Webster's dictionary definition of it because I have no idea but like yeah loosely what you said like like sex is like like you said like the one's male feet like whatever their like organs would dictate but like really like that very way more nuanced way more interesting thing which I guess you could call sexuality is like you know how people perform or live their um sexual preferences I suppose I could be wrong but, um, and there's so much nuance there. We can talk about all that fun stuff, you know? <laughs> the biology is just way less interesting than, like, how um, sexuality, like, like, lives and, and how it forms and, and, and how, it, how it's changed over the years and how it shapes a person. I think that's where there's a little more meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's 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 an interesting thing for me because I think like when 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 you use you know a term like sexuality, sexual preference, sexual orientation, any of that, I think people automatically just think of sex in like the biological way, and people just I think in general just are uncomfortable by that and they're just like oh you know this is weird to talk about because they immediately think and jump to that first thing and it's like. I guess that makes sense, but if there's way, way more to, you know, this whole thing than just thinking about it in terms of, you know, biologically people having sex because it's way more, you know, complicated than that. Oh, yeah. It's like the, it's the, you can label yourself, like your sexual identity, you can label it, right. but then your sexuality is totally different, right? Like that's the thing where no matter what you're doing to like express yourself in a sexual manner your identity could be completely different and you could label yourself differently. Mm. You know, that's, I think, just the only other thing. Like, just more terminology, right, that people mm -hmm. sit there and think, well, what is that? Or, like, do, what do I think of that? What do I feel? Mm -hmm. No doubt. Um, so, one of the things, and, like, you know, I even mentioned this off the top, that this topic is not something I'm, like, uncomfortable with, but I'm not totally... 100% comfortable with talking about it because it's not something that like I think about a lot like I think me myself as a, a heterosexual male you know it's not something that like I'm constantly thinking about and like I don't want to say like I'm not aware of it but like it's not something that I even think about you know every day even you know I might have a whole day where I'm not even thinking about oh that I am 
a heterosexual male. Like, it's not something that I really think about. So I feel like that's kind of maybe why I'm, you know, sometimes uncomfortable addressing it because it's like, it's not something I really think about. And I feel like, I'll just sound kind of stupid here, but I feel like I'm kind of dumb and like unformed with a lot of things that have to do with sexuality. And so I feel like maybe that's sometimes why I'm uncomfortable talking about it because I don't feel like I'm totally informed, I guess. Do you think it's it's an informed and like a life experiences way or like a health class didn't teach you, right? I think like, it's kind of both, honestly. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, when we were taught about that in school, it was very just like you're taught one way about it. You're taught in the male-female you know, thing, and it's, there's nothing else. Like, that's literally the only thing that you learn about, and I feel like that kind of can be an issue, because I think kids grow up not learning about that, and it's like, it should be kind of a natural thing. I mean, that definitely, like, growing up, I know for me, like, I didn't actually learn a lot about anything until I got to college, and then I met people who had different sexualities and then not not very shortly after figured out you know and finally came out that I was gay so it is very interesting to think about it that way because I would agree I don't think I really learned anything about what different sexualities were in high school like you we learned what LGBTQIA stands for and even then half the kids on the test wrote questioning instead of or like queer instead of questioning like you know what I mean like no no one really knew what it was at the end of the day and I do think, like, kids nowadays are very lucky to have that chance to be more exposed to it, to meet more people who have different sexual identities, and mm-hmm. it's, like, much more open. But I think from when, like, I grew up, for when you both did, I think they would fall in the same category of we didn't really learn much about anything except for drugs. Yeah. How to, like, and child prevention cigarette prevention yeah that 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 got drilled into us in an early age you know sorry but to be more specific but like just like 1980s um propaganda that was like if you smoke cigarettes you will become the worst person if you you smoke marijuana you will become the worst person all right guys we've done our job good luck yeah yeah it's like those commercials that you see from the 90s but they're it's like, it's dare. It's dare. All right, you monster. Let's roll out this computer. Or I'll roll out this like DVR and just show you how terrible you'll become if you smoke pot. Yeah. And then just throw the birth video in your face in eighth grade and then yeah. Yeah. everywhere. <laughs> that was such a tough video to swallow. <laughs> I'm like, all right, watch Super. Have you guys ever seen Super Size Me? I, don't, I apologize. But, um, yeah, you ever seen Super Size Me? They just played that, and they're like, "Well, don't be obese. Don't eat fast food." Yeah, seriously. All right, All right thanks. <laughs> Man, I think there's a. I think I think there's a really interesting um, structure of like, um, and I don't. I don't think like there's. It's not like there's like you have a experience um, or 
you have like a, a an environment where you learn about sexuality and like you're all knowing. But however, I think that Brennan brings up a really interesting point where it's like you live a lot of your life and then you kind of interact with some type of new stimuli. Like you say, go to college. Um, for me, it was actually like going around Arrowhead, oddly enough. Um, I don't know about you, Garrett, but if there's any like pivoting moments where you're entering a community where there is um, like sexuality or some type of I don't know if I'm framing that the right way, but do you guys understand what I'm saying? Kind, like, kind of, yeah. Okay. I, like, not to go too specific, but like, Brenna goes to, like, college with um, a rugby team. There's a lot of um, individuals that are lesbian. Boom. Now she sees it. Now she's interpolated into it. She's like, boom, got it. I see this. When mm-hmm. I was in Arrow, a very large, like, lesbian contingent on staff, on volunteer. Um, and I was like, boom, Okay. A lot of like a lot of interaction with it, a lot of like under like that. I feel like that really helped my growth as far as like understanding sexuality, understanding mm-hmm. the nuance in it, versus like growing up in a town where it's like you're either boom or boom. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you had, had any, if you had a moment like that, Garrett, or like any type of environment where you felt like you were kind of um, thrust into the, the 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 school of learning. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I've ever had. A moment like that but i totally understand what you mean in terms of like kind of being being exposed to that being exposed to something different um but i don't i mean i i'd have to think really hard you know if there were you know moments specifically um but i feel like you know again a lot of what i knew about was kind of just from from stuff in school you know it was like never really something that i explored at all really until you know we had that what fifth or sixth grade like oh you're gonna learn about puberty you're gonna use deodorant you're gonna you know grow hair in your armpits like so i feel like one thing that i is like sticking in my head that i i don't think i think enough about or i guess maybe i think too much about i'm not quite sure is when you had said garrett like you don't actively think about your sexuality every day it's not something that you put a lot of thought into Mm -hmm. it's so interesting like from my perspective on that is that I think about it constantly all day every day like it is always in the back of my mind that I'm gay and that I'm different and that like things aren't always the same like I mean the number of students I have to ask daily not to use that's gay as an insult alone is like a lot but then even being in public and seeing people that look at me the wrong way or, you know, watching TV and being like, I wish those two friends liked each other. <laughs> it's, it's a comedy on TV. It'll never happen. And it's like always the girl and the guy kind of a thing, you know? Mm. So I feel like it's, it's totally, mm. it's interesting to think about not having to think about that every day. Yeah. And I'm actually like, I kind of was going to ask you about that, like, if that is something that you are aware of and that's interesting that you mentioned that it is something you're always aware of and it's like damn like i might go through a day where i straight up just not think about it and that's just like just really fascinating to me it's also interesting too like when you when i break it down to when i'm in like a room or in a bar or anything and i see someone who either could be gay or it could be like just dressed like a stereotypical lesbian kind of a thing like me and my like my partner my friends will always turn and be like yo do you think she's a lesbian like it's something where like oh is there another one of us in here like hmm. hey girl what's that kind of a thing like when even when gay men come in the room i'm like ah, i know you like what's up you know it's kind of like that thing where you get excited and it's weird and it is something that i look for a lot hmm. 
Do you actively think about it, Drew? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't say multiple times a day. I don't know if I would, it would go as far as daily. But I guess, but then, but but then, do I think about it to myself or when I see somebody, am I analyzing whether or not they could be um, gay or not gay? Uh, daily, I have no, I really don't know. I really, these are like, like Garrett said, these are the first times I'm like thinking about this. But I don't know. I don't know. Do not know. You know, and I bet, I bet like there are things that do come up, but I just am not like thinking of them. And maybe I'm just, you know, not even aware of, oh, okay. You know, this is an instance where I might think about it. Um, and weird note, but I wonder for the high school people, because like hmm. the, the, hey, that, um, like that's, that's, and then there's a lot of really offensive things that are subjected, or subjected, are switched out for that, which hmm. as a child, it's like, um, very like homophobic or like a lot of other like um like i don't know what the right word is for um like derogatory angel with special needs and i don't even think they're really thinking about that either like that's mm-hmm. almost another odd thing that it's just a subconscious thing that they're not even thinking about they just hear other people saying it and they start saying it and so i think like that something about sexuality when they're yeah. saying that's gay right I think like that was something that, you know, and I'll speak for myself, like definitely I was part of that in like, you know, years of growing up that it's like I heard other people say things, you know, use words and I'm like, oh, you know, I can say it too. And it's like, I think you kind of realize that like, yikes, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to think about times where like maybe you did um, kind of add to that um discrimination i mean maybe that's not the right thing to the right way to say it but it's like you know it's kind of unfortunate it's like sometimes you know i sit and think about that and think about you know i kind of wish i was more aware i kind of wish i was more in tuned with you know the the thing the things that i say or the things that i think i think also just i mean when you're young you say what everyone around you says and then like, I know I mentioned this before, but, like, there are a lot of people who are very uncomfortable with their true sexuality, mm-hmm. and they take it out on people who present with that sexuality or with that sexual identity. And right. it's, I mean, you hear a lot of young boys saying, that's gay, mm-hmm. that's gay, and, like, people will, you know, put it back in their face. And, mm-hmm. I mean, when my students, when I had eighth graders and I taught them and someone said that was gay, and the first thing I did was say, well, what's wrong with being gay? And then it immediately, instead of them knowing, because I mean, like I've said before, I pass as being a straight person. I don't look stereotypically gay. So like having those kids be, you know, start to really talk about what they meant and then say, okay, well, I'm gay. and You just genuinely offended me. Mm-hmm. And like using myself as an example is, is good. It helped a lot of those kids, but some of them just, oh no, I just meant weird. And I'm like, okay, well, those are not synonymous, my friend. Like, I mean, maybe to some people, maybe to people who are, you know, deflecting still. Hmm. It's hard when you're young and you feel feelings for other people that society doesn't always say that you can yeah. feel or it's okay to feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just think about the fact that you never... Like you never have to write a two paragraph 
Facebook thing to come out as straight. Yeah. The status quo. And I mean, the last thing people want to be at in eighth grade is different than everybody else. You, If everyone's wearing North Face, you get a North Face. If, you, if everyone has a backpack, if people stop bringing lunch boxes to lunch, you stop bringing a lunch box. Yeah. You just want to be similar and fit in and not poke your head out in any aspect. Sexuality, which is already something that is taboo at that age, to have that as a thing which you, you know, bring forth. It's just, it's, um, yeah, I think they're definitely linked together, the peer pressure of being a teen. Yeah. yeah. And the, the being closeted, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Brenna, what you said of, you know, educating kids and kind of stopping kids to be like when they say that's gay and being like, well, you know, first of all, that's offensive. But then second of all, like if you're using it to mean another word, it's like you kind of need to find another word where it's like, I think it's important to recognize if like you hear that in your classroom and you stop everything and you kind of react to that like, hey, this is not okay. How do we do it? differently um and i think like that's really important and i think that's kind of part of like what we can try to do different in 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 our education system of like if uh someone says something very insensitive like that can you kind of make a make like a teaching moment out of it if that makes sense oh no definitely and and honestly anyone i think can learn at any time like my when I came out to my like family and I had my older family members, it was, it was wild. I mean, my mom's mom, my Mimi, my mom grew up with a gay male best friend and a lesbian female best friend. Mm. So it's like, for her, it was just like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, but then for my Nana, it was my dad's mom. It took her a very long time to get like it through that. This wasn't a phase. This wasn't, you know, a fake thing, one of the, whatever, you know, who knows what it is. But eventually she learned. Hmm. And I, I really think that, like, no matter what age, no matter who you are, you can learn right. that this is not a phase, it's not a fake thing, it's not something that people do for attention because it's a spectrum, you know? Yeah. Anyone can do anything with anybody. Right. Um, that was, like, part of something that, like, I wanted to talk to you about, but I didn't want to ask you directly, you know, if it would... Because, like, so, I didn't want to make, like, the whole episode about, oh, you know, Brenna's a lesbian, but, like, I just, <laughs> me, myself, like, I was curious what, like... Maybe we could get a title if we'd like to. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Wait, make this the thing where you make it the intro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right, well, no, but, like, what I meant was, like, I was curious about, like, how your family was receptive to you coming out back when you did. Um, and so, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was curious about like what your family's reaction to it was. Yeah, no. And I also, I don't mind sharing my experience. Yeah. My experience was also a very positive one. Sure. Um, so for me growing up, I mean, I always, you know, thought I liked boys. I tried to date boys, all that fun stuff. But I remember when I was very young, like maybe fifth or sixth grade I remember my dad turning to me and, and like we were at dinner one time and he was just like I will love you for whoever you love as long as you're happy period that was it and I was in like sixth grade so I just kind of 
was like, okay, yeah, sure, dad, whatever. You know, but then mm-hmm. it came to, you know, time for me to come out in college and I, I figured it out and I wanted to tell them and I told my mom, you know, like, I just need to tell you, but dad has to be there. Pulled him into the kitchen and I just started like hysterically sobbing because you're scared. <laughs> like what happens if all of a sudden they reject you? And like, I knew that my mom's best friends were both gay growing up. Like that was something I knew. I, but for some reason I was still worried, you know, that the acceptance wouldn't be there. Um, but I, you know, I told them, I said the whole thing, I'm sobbing. My mom hu- is hugging me. She's tearing up. And my dad, <laughs> I remember him just looking at me and being like, why are you crying? <laughs> like, why are you so upset? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, whatever. Right. And he's like, I told you years ago that I would love you for oh. whoever you love. Not like he or she or whatever. He's like, whoever it is, I will love them. So, I mean, they were great. Accepted me immediately. Made me feel monumentally better. Mm-hmm. I told both my grandmas on Mother's Day, which was funny. Because they were at the house at the same time. So I was like, surprise. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, coming out to my friends was a little bit more what I was worried about at the end of it, just because you never really know. Like I had one friend who was a very staunch Republican and I love her to death and, you know, it was never really an issue, but that was something that I was worried about is that I know a lot of Republicans who don't support, you know, my lifestyle. And I was worried that I would lose her as a friend, but I didn't lose any friends. I only gained them. It was a very positive experience, but I, I know it's not the same as everybody's. Like, my my partner's coming out story is much different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, it is what it is. I, I have friends in college whose parents were like, when are you going to come out? And then I have friends' parents who kicked them out, you know? So it's all totally different. I just was very, very lucky. Yeah. I think, I think it's important that you share that positive story. Um and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, that's, that's what ended up happen, happening, that you had a family that was very, you know, accepting of that. And that, you know, makes, makes me feel happy. I got lucky. And I honestly, like, I've also had one wild experience teaching where a student stayed, like, during a period was having a very bad day and basically had said like she thought she felt like she had a crush on another classmate who was a girl and and like came out to me as like the first person and was like just started crying being like what are my friends gonna think my my dad's gonna do whatever and I'm like at the end of the day you don't have to tell anybody until you're ready to tell someone and I think that is also just a major message that I would love to put out there is that you your sexuality is yours and you don't have to tell people if you don't want to it doesn't make you any less you it's not like you're hiding a part of yourself it's just some people don't deserve that part of your life Hmm. I I mean I I think cutting people out who don't accept you is also a really big step and an important thing to do but um, it's everyone's on their different path like I would never have been able to do what I did in in high school ever Hmm. was there like a uh, not like a date not like a, this is the date that I knew that I was lesbian versus the date where I came out to like the first, you know, critical people in your life. Was there, a, how large was the window between that? I knew I was gay my freshman year of high school. And you came out your freshman year of college? Yeah. Four years. Four years, yeah. I, I honestly, I wouldn't forget it. It's so weird. I was in 
my child development class and one of my classmates was like sitting next to me and she was my neighbor and she you know was just talking to our table and told us that she started talking to this girl from a different town and whatever and then in class it said that she like kissed the girl and it was all this awesome feelings and exciting and whatever and I just remember I couldn't stop thinking about it I was like what the hell what is well like what do you mean you kissed a girl what does that mean like so I remember I went home and I honestly probably could find the message on Facebook I Facebook messaged her and I said what did it feel like when you kissed a girl because I want to know and that was like we just talked about it that night and then I never brought it up ever, ever again because I was just so freaked out by it all. And then I finally went to college and, like, probably six months in, realized that I met a bunch of women who I saw myself as. And it was like, oh, because I was nothing like this girl who had, had confided in me. Like, she was much more, like, she was more masculine than I did. She cut her hair very short. And it was like, that's not me. So that's probably not me then, right? Like, push it away, push it down. But I knew. I, I knew immediately. Like, from the minute that she told me, and I was thinking about it. Hmm. But I, I hid it. <laughs> Why would I tell anybody that? Hmm. Yeah, I'll answer any questions you have, if you ask. <laughs> I'm very open. Um, so kind of going back to the, like... Um, the, the, the using the offensive terms thing. One thing that I'm curious about, Brenna, is how can people become better allies for the LGBTQ plus community? Because I'm, I'm very curious about that. Because I feel like I'm trying to, but I kind of would like to know a little bit better, like, what else I can do. Um, I mean, there's, like, there's so many different, like, awesome organizations out there that are like just good organizations to support like uh, there's oh my gosh I'm gonna not remember their name it might be just queer something like that there's like some magazine that actually has amazing articles on it mm -hmm. and a lot of them um, talk about like sexuality as a spectrum and like better understanding your own sexuality which I really really enjoyed reading I read actually like a week ago thinking about this podcast um, yeah it is queer magazine um but no honestly it's really just being accepting and like if you see a gay couple together like thinking in your i what i started to do that really helped me come to terms with it with it was like seeing a couple that was gay or whatever and thinking in my head like that's awesome like that's really okay and then that's when it became like exciting to see people who were couples out and it was like oh my gosh, this is something that, like, brings a smile to my face. Because a lot of times people will look at, like, not to say that this would be either of you, but, like, a straight male will look at it, two gay males, you know, kissing and immediately be grossed out by it. But it's, like, all about thinking about that's actually a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, love and it's pure and it's, it's that different way of feeling it. Um, and then also just, I would say, with the whole LGBTQ community, people who use different pronouns... Um, this is something that I'm getting very conscious of, and I know this is not like a sexuality thing, mm -hmm. but is making sure to ask people their pronouns and then utilizing those pronouns correctly, and then if you mess up, correcting yourself. Sure. Because that doesn't erase the person as who they are. Mm -hmm. um, whereas sometimes people will, you know, mess up and be like, oh, sorry. And it's like, okay, but can you fix it? <laughs> yeah. 
but no, I really honestly just think things like that, like hearing the same thing with like we were talking about with our um, podcast on like racism, like just hearing gay voices or reading articles or things written by people who are gay, it can be really beautiful. I highly recommend the Marsha P. Johnson Happy Birthday Martha P. Johnson video mm-hmm. because she's a black trans woman, but she started the Stonewall Riots, which are just like incredible to learn about like in the long scheme of things sure yeah gay people have been kicking for a while so i would say check their history too yeah there's some wild things that they used to do in new york city in central park gay men had a whole boat and it was like sailors coming off the boats from like the war Hmm. and they would be like oh how's the weather and if the other guy would be like it's really cloudy today. Then they knew that they could like do it and go in the woods. And, like that was how they could get their gang hookups. Like absolutely wild mm. history. That's so fun to learn about. Mm. That actually also just, I'm going to talk a lot, but this made me think about my friend, Jackie, when I lived out in Oregon, um, she's straight and amazing ally, like 10 out of 10, one of my best friends in this world. And we were at a gay club, and it was just me and her. And I remember we were sitting there, and I was talking to these two beautiful drag queens. And then next thing I know, I turned around, and she was just crying. And I guess there was a man there who had been talking to her, and he was gay. And when he found out that she was straight, started telling her that she had to get out and that she wasn't welcome there and, like, all this stuff and started, like, yelling at her. Hmm. And I got so mad because like that is literally my ally she's the one i came here with you can't kick her out so then i got so mad that i got up in this guy's face and i like kind of squared up to him but i had these incredible drag queens also behind me like get out you piece of shit and they let me throw this man out of the bar and then the like guys at the front kept him out and so it was like i just remember the most angry i got was when i got in his face and i was like that is my fucking ally and like i've never said anything so gay in my entire life but it was perfect and i kicked that dude out but like that's the other side of it is that gay people need to be accepting of straight people too because otherwise what's the freaking point right Hmm. I can tell Andrew's just thinking about me kicking that guy out of the bar. I can just. That's just so. That's just so you. Like you go to bat for your people, no matter what. Yeah. At any moment, but you'll also, within five minutes of meeting two people you've never met, just have them completely behind you, also ready to square up at like three minutes, and like you probably had a Guinness with them, maybe half. (laughs) That's very odd, brand. Oh, yeah, seriously. Hmm. Uh, if people don't know, Brad is one of my oldest drinking buddies. Like, one of my oldest. I really don't drink. But if I had to have 15 PBRs with one human, it would be pretty key. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's safe to say that you two are definitely pro PBR. <laughs> Everyone should be. Everyone should be. Uh, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> hmm. Uh, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to like any type of like um, bars or establishments where it's like just like uh, a gay bar, a gay club. 
but I've gone in a Gunquit main, which is a very large gay contingent. Um, lit- I tell the story like in classrooms all the time because it, it was like about a space. I, it was like we were talking about a conversation in my class about space, and I was saying like the gay club space was like the most accepting spot you'd ever go to, and like you come in and like like there's a fog machine like blasting fog as you come in and like literally there's images just hammering against the wall and it's just like like cats and then it's like aha uh-huh, and it's everything and then the drinks are super strong and the people are so damn nice and like my group was like probably like legit like three straight males three straight females nobody cared everyone was like super cool to us and i had eight times more fun there than any other bar because everyone was just cutting loose and, like, again, like, going back to being, like, a drink buddy with Brenda, like, the other day, like, people can party, like, you know, giddy up. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I, I always – I really do think about that story, too, is, like, hmm. in a very – whatever it is themselves, and it's a very accepting environment, tons of fun usually is the byproduct of that. Yeah. You know, we've seen that at Arrowhead. Right. We've seen that, you know, in this in this scenario, too. It's, like, if you just let people be themselves. Yeah. If you just kind to people and accepting of people at a baseline level, really good things are going to happen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just in general, I think we need more spaces like that. Um, but that's but that's wonderful. That's I think, you know, those are just great, great stories. I mean, just in general. I mean, I just love hearing stories from both of you. So um, that's definitely um that's definitely good. Um, but I think, um, kind of going back into the kind of the education thing, I mean, I just think it's so important that, you know, we learn about this and that, you know, kids in school learn about this, learn about the history as well, you know, and also, you know, legislations that were, were helpful because I think, you know, a lot of times in school you learn about, you know, random legislations, you learn about, you know, the, the constitution and the amendments and all that. But it's like, I think we should start, you know, learning about, you know, history of, you know, the LGBTQ community and like important people, important legislations, because it's like, you know, when you learn about American history, you learn about, you know, the, the, the founding fathers and like all the important people. And I think like, that's something that's kind of lost on, you know, education a little bit. There's not enough history. And it's like, yikes we should be learning about this stuff in school and not be learning about it like outside of school and like on our own like it kind of should be instilled in us i think i think i took um i took an lgbtq history course when i was in college actually and it was it was unbelievable how many like very prominent people throughout history were actually gay like Mm -hmm. on the down low um but there's one thing that I always thought was so interesting that people just kind of left out is like a lot of ancient Greek, really anything like mm. it was very popular to be gay back then. And a lot of it was like mm. a lot of males had boyfriends and partners and all that stuff. Right. And like it wasn't as much for the women because we live in a patriarchy, but like it was for those men. To, it was very popular and prominent and, and that's hidden in history. Like no one mm. really talks about that, but it's, I mean, if you look at ancient, like, Greek um, carvings and art and things like that, you'll see males with males in a sexual way, yeah. even though that's not taught, mm-hmm. which I just find odd to leave out such a large chunk of it, you know? 
And I just, yeah. We know. (laughs) I mean, I just think, again, that it kind of goes back to the idea of people just being uncomfortable with, you know, the biological sex idea. And it's like, that's the first thing that they think of when you think of, you know, any of this. It's like, oh, wait, like, that's weird. And it's like, come on. Like, sex is sex, man. It's not weird. And, like, somewhere down the line, someone had to make it weird. Like yeah, seriously. To, that point to then convince everyone else that it was wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, if something had to, something is uniquely um, um, males have sex with females, females have sex with males. That is it in the West. I feel like it's the West. Like the, when we, everyone moved West, that's the shift. Because, like, you're right, it just doesn't make sense. Like, the Greeks, like, all these people, like, like, that was a pretty common thing. And then, all of a sudden, like, you live in this reality where it's, like, the most taboo thing ever. And it's like, how did that happen? Right. Yeah, it was most likely colonialism. Just, like, religions coming in and saying yeah. this is how it's you know it's probably like a huge slurry of everything and then it's easy to you know create a new land based on only your ideas when mm. you're the one who founded the land and after course rules right like right. i'm sure exactly what it is as we shifted yeah it all kicked in at once and religion was 100 yeah. percent a huge part of it yeah mm. guilt just guilt guilt yeah. and religion guilt or religions like one of the one of their best weapons is just like at least like for Christianity like the sacraments right like you need to give us money you have to go, sit in a box and with a, a priest and say how bad you are how you've sinned because you've masturbated I mean it's just such an, a, a wild concept hmm. um, yeah I mean definitely predicated on guilt I bet that is I would I'd like to see some some I bet there's there's got to be data on that there's got to be um, really really people with PhDs talking about that I'd be very curious to see you're right Brenna yeah I mean I think if if you want to expand on the religion thing that's kind of something I wanted to talk about Um, you know that whole idea of the Christianity thing and the people saying and I swear to God the amount of times I've heard I can't accept you know people that are gay or lesbian or any of that I can't accept them because of my religion and like I gotta tell you, like, that's one of the things that, like, really, really pisses me off when I think about it, that it's like, you know, Christianity specifically, like, when you think about what it is and what it means, and, like, it's about the teachings of, you know, Jesus Christ, and, like, it's about love and accepting people and being accepting of everyone and, you know, loving everyone, and it's like, where does that get lost where it's like, okay, if you are you know, homosexual, like, that doesn't count, like, I just, that whole idea just is crazy and, like, bizarre to me, that it's, like, people just can be, you know, not accepting, and it's, like, dude, the religion that you, you know, uh, worship is, like, that's what it's all about, is to be, you know, accepting and, you know, love other people, and it's just, like, I can't, that's just something I have a really hard time with, and it really kind of irks me because <laughs> I kind of yeah. don't know where it comes from, if I'm being honest. And maybe I'm a complete moron, but it's like, you know, I, you know, 
went to church when I was a kid. I read the Bible, you know, I went to Sunday school and all this and all that. And it's like never once did I ever like come across the, oh, you know, like no one ever told me at the church I was at that, oh, you know, being gay is like a sin or any of that. And maybe it's because, you know, I didn't go to a Catholic church when I was you know, younger. I went to um, a Presbyterian church in Sudbury. So I don't know if like the, the views of that, you know, of, of that area of Christianity is different than, you know, the Catholic religion. Because I think the Catholic, or not Catholic religion, but like the Catholic, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like us, us in America, like the Catholic church is like kind of the dominant thing. And it's like, you know, and I don't, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm sounding crazy, but just like the whole thing is just kind of frustrating to me. No, you don't sound crazy. <laughs> in my, in, in my, in my church growing up, my Catholic church, we were told that being gay was a sin. Hmm. That's an Irish Catholic church. So it was definitely a little more strict on it. But um, I actually was talking with one of my friends about this um, and he has had a very difficult relationship with religion and sexuality actually throughout his life and we were talking about it and he was kind of and i'm going to butcher this i'm sure i'm not correct he was saying something along the lines of like in the translation of like languages from book to book um story to story there were certain passages that were altered to meet that like oh man shall not lay with a man when in reality the original script said man shall not lay with um, like neighbor's wife or something like that. Like it was the the it was all very different, but it was skewed to then show how they felt at the time or what mm. they wanted to push on others. You know, more uniform, less people questioning things, more people trusting in God, right? Like that kind mm. of a thing. Um, but I I could not tell you more than that. But I do know that was a huge part of it, mm. um, and I know that Catholicism struggles with that like all the time now. Apparently. The Pope says that gay people are cool, but like if you ask whichever Catholic church you ask, would say differently. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's it's easier for me to kind of question it because I'm not really a religious person. Like you know, I went to church when I was little, but it's like I feel like that's what like every parent does with their kids, so they can kind of get a you know like some kind of moral nourishment if that if that makes sense. Um, but it's like, you know, it's not really anything that I've, like, I'm not really a religious person at all, you know? So it's like, maybe it, I don't know, maybe it's easier for me to be like, okay, this is weird. Um, but it's still just, it's still just insane to me that it's like, you can use something as like a barrier or like as an excuse to like not treat everyone, you know, the right way. It's just that whole thing just doesn't really make sense to me. No, you're right. It's a, it's a huge, um, it's a huge contradiction from like the main genesis of why, um, you know, that religion specifically, you know, Christianity has been around for 2000 years. There's a lot of, um, whether it's divine, but there's a lot of like a lot of truth in it. If you just like, you know, like a lot of the commandments, a lot of things are like, yeah, like be a good person, like, um, love one another, like, you know, um, spend your time in service and in aid of one another, you know, mm -hmm. sacrifice for one another. However, um, you know, you have to realize that like the, the Bible or like the Catholic church, whatever you want to call it, like it's been around for 2000 years and it's been run by humans who are just deeply flawed people who are power hungry people who, um, can, are really good at fucking things up. 
and um, a lot, yeah, right. And I think that like, um, I don't know. I'm I love I, I not to like just go on about like what I believe, but like no. I really do love I love Jesus so much. Like I just think that's just such a great person to aspire to be like, and I love that he gave his life for something he believed in. I love that he like treated everybody equally and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't want some theologian who reads some 18th translation of a book to tell me that I'm a good or bad, you know, Christian because I believe what I believe. Um, and I also, I'm not to criticize people going to church or doing this, that, or the third, do whatever you want to do, but to deny people their fun of their, you know, their rights, um, based off of like a religion. Like I just don't, I think that's like a very nuanced or like kind of a cop out answer to how you actually feel about something. Mm-hmm book 2000 years ago say that I can't support you that just doesn't sound that just doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. and then also just those same people are like why don't you accept me for believing in my religion when I don't like it's like oh I'm sorry my religion says I can't I can't believe that your love is real love but the fact that then people who are Christian that then feel that they are vilified by people who don't believe in the same thing and just that to me is a big old cycle of what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to, oh, I, I'll tell you a quick story, really quick story. Being a PC, Providence College is, uh, uh, blah, 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 I don't know, Dominican Catholic. I don't know the exact terminology, but they're like very, very. Oh, four, four years. <laughs> four and a half. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, they're super faith based and. Um, uh, in an, in a residence hall, um, they uh, I think one RA or one student did something about like um, gay marriage and how that like uh, that um, has grown over the years. And then the next semester, when they were redoing that pegboard, another RA put all the Catholic teachings, like Bible phrases and things like that, as to why gay marriage is like, against the church's teaching. I think about like being in a residence hall. Like imagine being an individual who is gay and seeing, um, you know, like the way that I want to live my life is completely literally on a board when you walk in, um, kind of saying what you believe in. So huge controversy. Um, and that just shows like just I, I don't, like that was a really um, clear way that um, what you just mentioned, Brett, I really came to a head in my life and, um, it is it's a loaded it's a loaded subject as far as you're encroaching on my sexuality then hey well you're encroaching on my faith and that discourse that that happened there did you ever struggle with that being at being in the friar town or well yes but also like because growing up you grew up in church you grew up religious and then like as you started to meet people who were gay like you're one of my really great friends and I'm gay and like did you ever have to like deal with that you know religiously honestly I didn't I I honestly didn't only in the sense where like throughout my entire life I've, I've I feel like I have a good I have a good foundation like with with faith and like with my family but like way bigger than like a little nuanced thing is like I do think I will generally see the bigger picture on things and trust my gut on a lot of things so if anything it it made me very 
when the the spotlight thing happened, I became aware of it when um, the church's teaching on sexuality, like <clears throat> like especially like ten years ago or so, I distanced myself remarkably far from the church, and um, I still wouldn't call myself a fan of, of the Catholic Church or a supporter of the Catholic Church, but a deep believer in like. Um, Jesus and Jesus' teaching, which I know sounds like one and the same, but um, it, it's a little bit different. But no, I didn't struggle with that a lot. But I did struggle with like, listen, there's some people that are just straight up smarter than me. Really big brain people at Providence College, and there's the other PhDs and this, that, and the third. And like, I'm going to speak my piece. Like, you're not going to get up there and say something I don't believe in. Like, I'm going to speak my piece. And if I felt like I was fundamentally right about something, uh, or I felt like they were coming from a place that was like, sounds really smart, but it was just kind of full of it. Like, I would just kind of look right at them, and they had to deal with me for the duration of the period. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I dealt with it at school was like, well, actually, I fundamentally disagree with what you're saying. Let's go. Versus like, I'm not going to just let some – a lot of just, – just to add some context, Brenna, like at school, like we had this thing called Development of Western Civ, like how all of Civ came to be was a curriculum that everyone had to take, and a lot of professors would – teach there is their last stand where they could just spout off like these really like anti-LGBTQ things and like a lot of things are like they're the teachers so they have all this power and they get to kind of say whatever they want and it's like it can get real real brutal real fast so hmm. I don't know if that answered that question but definitely I, I think the more that I speak on it the more I come to realize that like yeah I think I actually did have to do a lot of soul searching with that question sure that must have been hard yeah just to hear i guess i mean because i i knew yeah 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 right like i know you're an open person i know like i i could imagine that being very difficult to sit through and like listen to that when you believe something completely different but it's just a required course you have to take yeah that's that hits the nail on the head i really like and the, the tea kettle that looks like it's about to boil over like that I definitely really yeah struggle with that for sure hmm. did you Garrett ever have like a defining moment with that like did you cause like for Drew it, it's a little bit easier for me to like base it in like a religious thing but like you right. didn't really go to church growing up like were you exposed to people with different sexualities or was it just like you're just an open person so it was just easy? Because I could also see that being the answer. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that me being an open person, I think it just was like natural for me to like understand people being different because me, myself, I'm different. You know, like having muscular dystrophy growing up with that, growing up with, you know, not being able to like be as quick as other kids and then, you know, naturally then you know, using a wheelchair and like being different and it's easy for me to get picked out of a crowd, you know? So it's like, I think maybe just subconsciously I'm able to understand what it's like to be different because I know how hard it is to be different. And, you know, not that like I'm upset to be different because I'm happy to be different, but it's just like sometimes I struggled with like, I really kind of want to be, you know, normal, I guess, but it's like, there's really no such thing as normal. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of is natural for me to understand just because I know what it's like, you know, to, to be, to be different. Um, sorry about that phone. Um, 
that blank? Yeah. It just, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, when I really was exposed to it. Maybe really wasn't until, you know, I got to, I got to college and, and met some people um, that, you know, I really kind of got exposed to people that were different. You know, I feel like, you know, and you guys might be able to speak to this kind of being in the same general area of, you know, Eastern Massachusetts, we're white, we're in, you know, majoritively white communities, like, no, I shouldn't say white, but like, you don't meet a lot of people that are, that are, that are part of the LGBTQ community. And maybe that's wrong. You know, I just felt like when I grew up, there weren't many kids that I knew that were, you know, part of that community. And then when I got to college, I met some people, one of my very best friends from Springfield, you know, is gay. And it's like, it's interesting because our friendship like really you know it's like obviously i see him as different because he's gay but it's like i don't really see him as different because he's my friend and it's just naturally like i want to be loyal to a friend i want to support a friend and someone being different you know because they're gay or because you know they they have a different skin color or you know any of that like i don't even really it doesn't even really occur to me because it's like I want to, I want to support a friend. I want to, you know, be there for that friend. And so it's like, you know, I recognize and see that you're different and that's important because I think it's important that everyone is different in their own way. But at the same time, it's like, I still see you as a friend and like, you know, yeah. So it's like, maybe it's just easy for me to relate and be like, Hey, I know what it's like to be different and what it's like to stand out from, from, from a crowd. Yeah, that's, I honestly, I thought maybe that that was part of it, like the whole, you know, you know what it feels like to not be the person that everyone else is. So I, right. what I was thinking. I like that presentation. But I would agree with you that growing up where we grew up, there aren't many people different. Everyone's basically the same, you know, right. like, we're all expected to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. People, like all of those things, are set in stone. Just the area that we're in. Like it'd be different if we were in a city and we like constantly came in contact with different people every day. And it would also be way more different if we were in a really small app rural town, because then that would be a whole other slew of issues and stories, right? Like we come right in the middle, very suburban, and in a suburban area, you're you're going to get cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Yeah. Um, And I think just like to kind of circle back to the beginning of our conversation, we talked about kind of sexuality, what it means for us, you know, again, I think it's, you know, I kind of think of it. And when I thought of it, and I started writing down, you know, ideas for, for today, it was a lot of like, when I think of sexuality, I think of I think of love kind of in a broader sense, where it's like, you can you can love whoever and you know everyone should be able to kind of be accepting of that but i think like me myself personally when i think of sexuality i think of love and i think of like kind of what that means um and maybe it's kind of a a different topic like it's kind of branching off a little bit but like when i wrote down some notes about kind of what i think about it it's you know thinking about love and like kind of what it what it means to me of like the relationships that I have with, with, with certain people. I like the, I like the, I like the thought that um, 
sexuality and love can be one and the same. Mm-hmm. Because you can love so many different people, and those people don't have to be put into a box, right? right? Like, you don't have to label your sexuality. You don't have to label who you want to be with. It, right. it helps your sexual identity if you... Mm-hmm. Me, it helps that I label myself as a lesbian, but like even after I came out as a lesbian, I did hook up with boys a couple times mm-hmm. just because, like, why not? I like the person, like, who cares? But then at the end of the day, I label myself as a lesbian no matter what, right? So, like, it, it truly is just a full on spectrum right. of how you feel in the moment, which is why I like that you said love is a big part of it because it's just who you love in the moment, yeah. And I think, like it's also important to kind of make that differentiation between like who you love and like who you're attracted to. And then like, you know, who you love is like, you know, a member of your family or, you know, a friend. And like, for me personally, like, it's very important for me to kind of have these, you know, special relationships. And maybe it's because, you know, I've not had a lot of luck, you know, romantically, but it's like, thinking about the like platonic relationships that I have are, you know, it's so important to me. And it's so important to have these people around me that, that I love and love me. And so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just um, interesting to, to kind of think about um, that. It's like, you know, and people think sexuality, it's like, Oh, it's just sex, but it's like, you know, there, there are other ways that it can be defined. You know, there are literally, can be like anyone can define it any different way you know there's not you know there's not just kind of a set thing like everyone has their own like in 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 individuality yeah it's a gray area so there was one more thing i kind of wanted to touch on before there was like before there was like a whole nother topic I wanted to get into. Um, and it kind of goes back to the idea of kind of the, the religion thing about, you know, how kind of frustrating that can be, you know, where people kind of use it as an excuse to, uh, discriminate. And, um, one of the things that like I've been struggling with in the past few months is, how it is that you can try to support the LGBTQ community, but also be aware of certain like companies or like entities that don't really support your ideals. And it's something that I've struggled with in the past few months because I've realized that there are some companies out there in some places that, you know, I've spent money at that they don't really necessarily support you know, the, the views that I kind of want to uphold. Um, so that's kind of been difficult for me. And I'll be honest, like one of the places, one of the companies that I think has been embroiled in controversy before is Chick-fil-A where their I think it's that their CEO had said something that like there's, they like don't support gay marriage and that's kind of, it's kind of been difficult for me. And I know that they are trying to like, you know, do things to kind of help that. But it's like, I kind of came to a realization that it's like, damn, I really don't want to support that, you know, company anymore. Um, And so I don't really know what the question or anything, but it's just like, 
Actually, I don't know. It's just kind of been a difficult thing for me because I've got, I've freaking you know, gone to that place a lot before and even recently, you know, like a few months ago. But then it was like, I kind of don't know where that kind of epiphany came from where it's like, hey, wait a minute, you know, what am I, like, why am I supporting this company? And, you know, maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe, you know, I should have realized this a very long time ago. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's something that's kind of been difficult for me. And it's not just Chick-fil-A, but like there are other, you know, companies or people that like, I feel don't support the things that, you know, I feel are, are important. Um, so I, I just kind of rambled for a minute, but I don't know did any of that makes sense. No, it, it actually, honestly, Chick-fil-A is a really good example. Um, they actually donate their, they donate to anti-LGBT um, organizations. That's the, the what they do. Um, I've actually never had Chick-fil-A hmm. because of that reason. Um, but it, it was funny, actually, Kate and I were talking about the other day um, how there's one kind of close to us um, near a Home Depot, which also sucks now is, you know, contributes to anti-gay campaigns. You know, I just had a credit card there, which is just, like, so frustrating. Um, But we've been talking about it, and I think we want to try it just once to, like, see what it is. But neither one of us have ever, you know, gone there. But then I have a hard time with this whole concept, too, because it plays into all of these organizations, what they do behind, you know, closed doors. We really don't know what they're doing with money like. I know that they're like um, the Salvation Army. A lot of the time, they're a religious organization. Like they won't hire certain people based on like abilities or um, you know looks and all these things, and, and put it on the fact that it's a religious based company. Mm-hmm. Like I knew in um, in Oregon for a while, one of the companies that I had worked with um, had tried to get people hired at the Salvation Army, and they said that they wouldn't hire anyone with disabilities because they were abominations made by God. So it's like they, they're, I shop at Salvation Army, you know, like I like their, I like the thrift stuff. It's super cheap. But then after that, it put a crazy sour taste in my mouth, but that's also not all of them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's so hard to track and really follow what it is. But I mean, if you can actively think like, which would I rather chick fil or McDonald's if you just chick that day like that's got to be doing something yeah. you know good but i don't have an answer for that either because i want to try to because everyone says how freaking good it yeah. is but it's like i i feel so guilt it's like a gay guilt it's not the you sure. know religious guilt it's just like that damn yeah. but i want to try it yeah so it's like i just don't know like how to approach that because i know like me myself you know i'm not gonna you know support them anymore but like when I see people that go, and there are people that I know, I mean, heck, my friends go there all the time, and will be like, oh, you know, went to here, and it's like, I don't really know how to handle that, because, like, I don't feel like it's my place to be like, oh, you shouldn't do that, or you shouldn't go there, but it's like, I think, like, it's just kind of an, an awareness thing, where if you're just aware of these things, you know, hey, you might choose something else, you might choose to shop somewhere else. Um, I think more often than not, people just don't know, and I think, like, I kind of feel guilty because I kind of knew and I kind of chose not to like have that affect me. But, you know, and that's kind of where my kind of issue comes where it's like, I do feel guilty where it's like, I kind of should have felt like this the whole time if I was trying to be, you know, a better ally, I guess. 
remember when I was 19, uh, Arrowhead thing, <clears throat> staff's around, trying to figure out where to eat. Chick-fil-A just opens up, and we're talking about where we're going to want to go lunch. Someone floats out Chick-fil-A, and Ethan Maple, who we all know, was like, you know, I prefer to not go to Chick-fil-A. They don't agree with a lot of my values. And again, why we're so coveting him as a guest on the podcast is he is somebody who has lived that life for so long, and he upholds it every single day. And like I did like a Marcus Aurelius quote where it's like, stop worrying about what a good man should be and just be one. And it's like at the end of the day, like that three second thing where or four second, however long where he was saying, Hey, I don't believe in their thing. I don't want to support them with my money. Probably uncomfortable for four seconds. Could have gotten backlash, could have gotten this, that, and the yeah. third, but like modeled how to handle and how to voice things that you really don't agree with. And it's really important that you voice it. Mm-hmm. Um, to a 19-year-old me, I think it has a tremendous impact on my life. Hmm. Um, and it is uh, paying money, whether or not how big you look into it, because I'm sure some people make 20 purchases a day and order things on it, on all these things, but um, being conscious about where you're, where, what corporations you're supporting, because behind the brand, there are people, and those CEOs and those people are donating to um, causes, and a lot of it is public. Hmm. That's like the, the Jimmy John CEO likes to go and do um, trophy hunting in Africa and like will use the, his money that he's made and, you know, go to a reservation and kill an elephant. Like how awful is that? And after I learned that, I, I just haven't even been able to stomach the thought of going there hmm. just, you know, for that reason. Yeah. I, I do think it is important to voice, you know, hmm. this is not what I believe in. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll be honest, like, this is not really something that I've shared with a lot of people because I feel like I'm uncomfortable sharing with people because I think I'm uncomfortable about getting any sort of backlash for, you know, having this opinion. And I think specifically because, you know, I've supported this place in the past or I've supported other places in the past. And it's like, what kind of gives me the right to, you know, now change course? And, you know, I'd like to think that it's because I've, kind of come to a realization or I've learned more. Um, but it's like, that's something that I've struggled with. I've struggled with like sharing that with people. Um, but you know, I've shared, you know, thoughts about other companies. I don't want to get into this specific company, but sharing that those feelings with a few other people has actually been great because it's like, people may not agree with what I think, but like they, are like, hey, your concerns are valid. Like, what you're saying is valid. And, like, that's kind of all I need to hear is for people to be like, hey, I, I, you know, may not agree, but, like, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, maybe that's just part of my being anxious about, like, I don't really want to create any conflict, but I don't know until I say anything, you know? And I think, like, I should be thinking better of people to not be like, oh, people might get upset or might, you know be like you know why are you thinking this way um so just something that i think i've been struggling with for the past few months really really quick i just want to say this it's like i think also one thing i'm realizing in the coming months is that or like in the last three months maybe i'm not sure how long i've been thinking about this but it's like me and gary disagree where it's like you know for example like i like just uh iced coffee black no cream no nothing if you take it with like sugar like hey we disagree on that i'm like black coffee is the best 
the milk makes it terrible. Then you're like, the milk is great. It's what you need. And we agree, disagree. I've always been like, hey, I love having discourse. I love this, that, and the third. But I'm like coming to realize now that it's not like this, like I need to insulate myself. and Like I don't ever need to speak to someone that doesn't agree with me. But that, and that's what I've always kind of thought of. But at the same time, if people are like holding opinions that are like um, really encroaching on the lives and happiness of like a lot of people that like in this world, like that is not a degree to disagree comment. And like I finally understand that. Years coming to understand that. And if someone's feeling, for example, like for Brenna or something like that, like, hey, I don't believe in like gay marriage or something like that, like, that isn't really like the black coffee versus milk conversation. And like, that's, that's not like, oh, I'm super open to dialogue. Like, that is something that is like very, um, that you talking about setting up boundaries earlier, Brenna. I really like that. Like, something like that. Like, that's a boundary breaker right there, you know? Yeah, no, I think I think every person has their own right to exist and coexist with people who they feel most comfortable with. And, you know, like, if you do get to that point where those big ticket issues come out, like, those are red flags and you need to decide what side you want to fall on with that red flag, right? Like, I think any time you, like, I feel like I learned this really in high school early on when we started, when I started working at Arrowhead and I learned, like, that using, like, the R word was so incredibly offensive and I finally had that firsthand experience of really trying to figure it out because, like, we used it in middle school. Like, I I didn't know what it meant, you know, kind of a thing. And I think since then, my ability to look at someone and say, yeah, I get it, but please never use that word again in front of me because of all of these reasons. Like, I'm, you know, lead off with, like, hey, I understand that's not what you meant, but here's why and then any time after that if they choose to continue to use the word i'm allowed to base my judgments on them and how much i want to interact with them as much as i possibly can because we have control over who we interact with you know and then like if that's not something that's a huge deal to you then that's that boundary right you just don't talk about it you know like you you go around it you keep that relationship going but you know there are those things that those flags are like digging in the back of your head like oh that's weird that you said that to that very normal comment you know that's when I think you just have to choose which you care more about hmm. your friend or how you truly feel. Right. Um, one, you know, I kind of did want to spend some time on this. Um, and it's not totally a sexuality thing. I mean, it might be. It's kind of branched off of that. Um, but the idea of the tox- toxic masculinity. Um, and I think, you know, Drew and I, it's something that, like, we can definitely talk about. Um, you know, but I think it's definitely, you know, connected to sexuality in a way where it's like, um, you know, and I'll just start the conversation where it's like, you know, the whole idea is, you know, like the soft and like that it's like, yeah, it's just the, the, yeah, just the idea of, you know, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to like put into words, I guess. Um, but like, it's just interesting that like, cause it's not, it's not something I ever thought about until, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of years ago, but now it's like something that I think about, you know, all the time and like how we're trying to like grow and be like, Hey, you can be, you know, sensitive and, like, that shouldn't be considered, like, oh, you're soft or, like, you're, 
you know, less of a man or like any of that stuff. Um, but I just, I just think like that whole topic, like is something that, you know, gets me frustrated and, you know, is like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, feel like I'm rambling, not really putting like a coherent thought together. No, I think, I think toxic masculinity is 100% connected to sexuality because it is, it's that part of in toxic masculinity, just like what you said, is that you can't be soft. You need to be really like, you're aggressive, you're serious, you're always right, like you're always on top of these things. Um, other people are weaker than you, like that's how it's always got to be. And then people easily connected, you know, like men who are gay, who could be flamboyant, gay men, you know, that's seen as soft and that's not masculine. And that's the whole like, that doesn't take away the fact that they're a man and that they don't have to be, you know, hard or whatever. But I do think that a lot of men who have been told their entire lives that they have to be masculine, they have to be strong, but then they start feeling these sexual feelings towards other men and everything tailspins and then they could either go in the direction of, you know, trying out something new and falling in love or they go in the direction of locking it down, making themselves miserable and taking mm-hmm. it out on others. And it's, yeah. it's totally rampant. I know, I know a few men who I'm like, you're gay, aren't you? You just don't want anyone to know. Like deep down, it, they, it's totally a thing and they're definitely attractive. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's very rampant in like, you know, the sports community. Um, I think, cause that's, you know, uh, a community that I'm, you know, part of and I participate in, you know, and I, you know, am on Twitter a lot and, you know, see a lot of these things and it's just like, yeah, just the idea that like, you know, there's some like set thing about this is what it means to be a man and that's what it is and that's all it is. And it's just like the idea that like, you can't really show emotions or like, real men don't cry or anything like that and it's just like i find that completely ridiculous because it's like it's part of like having human emotions like sorry that you know i have emotions like i one of the things i think about and this is really stupid but it's like uh like in in exchange from it's always sunny where uh one of the characters dennis like decides to like get married just for just for like really no reason at all um but then he like says to his friend like hey you know i'm starting to have you know feelings again like some 13 year old kid and he's like wait a second like are you saying you don't have feelings and then he says like oh you know i've built up a shell and like you know and it's just kind of that whole that exchange is like geez is that not like what this is all about where guys just kind of push stuff down and you know don't like think about things emotionally and i know that that's totally like a a weird example but it's like like having emotions is part of being a human being and that's like what that character was like wait a second like are you saying you don't feel emotions and it's like uh, just just interesting to me Um, I mean this is definitely a topic we can explore you know in another episode but i think like it just made sense to kind of touch on that um quickly um but i think you know another thing in terms of you know the sensitive and you know whatever it is 
me myself, you know, I was brought up in a family where like we said, I love you to each other all the time. You know, me to my dad, me to my brothers, me to my mom, you know, something that we all said to each other. And it's almost like that kind of is looked down upon by some people that like, you know, you know, you can't like express emotions. And it's like, I have no problem saying that to a bunch of my very close male friends, you know, and I know, you know, they don't, they aren't, they aren't uncomfortable by it. And, you know, I would hope they would say if they were, um, but like, I have no problem saying that. And so that whole thing is like, it's very easy for me to do that because that's the way I was raised. I was raised to be, you know, to, you know, love, love everyone and be accepting of other people. And I don't know, it's just such an easy thing. And so just the whole idea of, you know, the toxic masculinity just seems, seems stupid to me. Cause it's like the way I was brought up, like that was never really something I ever thought about, you know, that's not the way that like, you know, some people are brought up where it's like, oh, you know, you have to act a certain way. So, you know, that just, that whole thing, that, that is interesting to me too. I can't really comment on that. People project, like people, people wake up every day and play a character. I think that like, hmm. until someone has an ego death, and they realize that like who they are is just like a complete facade and everybody puts on a face at the start of the day to accomplish some type of goal or some type of mission. And the end mission is that, you know, we all just want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be heard. Um, we all want to be trusted with one another. And um, I think a lot of people are in very different parts of that journey. And a lot of people built into their ego, built into their, um, I always think about like the don't mess with me face, like the face that's like you see it, like they look like they're like really tough and their jaws clenched. They look all angry and I see that person and I'm like, that's your defense mechanism that you've used in your life to get through your day. It's not working on me, but I appreciate that you're doing that and you're really raising your voice. I hope that works for you in other avenues. And like, to me, that's someone who needs to be healed. And the same thing with someone who like, will bully other people like I really hope that like you do the introspective soul searching as to like why you do that why like Brenna said like why exactly are you so staunchly against you know individuals living out their truth like why is that and asking those questions and, and realizing that it's never too late in your life to be the type of person that you want to be um, not even about sexuality but just as a person you know and just accepting others Right. Like you make that conscious choice to accept to accept someone or not. Like at the end of the day, you're the one who makes that, that final decision, right? Right. And that's I mean, just full circle back to what we said before with the religion, right? You can't peg your decisions and blame someone else for it. Right. But at the end of the day we all make our own conscious choices. Right. There's some things we don't choose and some things that we choose to embrace and it's right. You know, yeah. it is a learning experience. Yeah, that it's like you can't choose something else as like an excuse to like act a certain way. You know, like you you yourself are making that decision. It's not up to something else to make that decision for you. Like it's kind of a something that you have to deal with yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was a really great conversation. Um, I really appreciated that and that was something that I, I had fun with. I mean I always have fun talking to you guys. 
but I think, you know, again, this is another important conversation and something that I hope that like we can circle back to on, on other episodes, you know, if we talk to other people or, you know, heck, maybe there's something else that comes up or maybe it's a, a branch off of like a different topic. Um, but that was uh, great. All right. So last little thing, positive things for the, for the week. I actually have a great one. Yeah. I, I was ready for this one. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a student, and like, would I ever say that I have a favorite student? No. But do I happen to have a favorite student? Yes. Um, this student, I have spent so much time with her this year. She's an incredible human being, and she's been trying to figure out what she wants to do with the rest of her life. Um, really interested in crime, really interested in psychology, thinking if she could find, you know, a happy medium. Um, so we've been talking about it a lot. I reached out to my friend, the Natick Police Department, all this stuff. And she emailed me actually last week <clears throat> and it said, um, hey, Miss Keith, like just checking in on you, checking on your house because she's a sweet angel. And then like, also, guess what? I finally figured out what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to be a special education, I'm going to cry, oh my god, she's like, I want to be a special education teacher, just like you, because you've changed my life, and it just, like, made me sob, I showed, I showed my parents, they cried, like, just, it's nice, it's nice to have someone, like, who you care about, who you want to help, like, really help them blossom and grow, and then you have an effect, positive, that's That's how I've been, like, I've been telling everybody. That's really special. Top that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to top that. Um, huh. I felt like I had a really good one at the beginning of the day, and I think I just forgot to write it down. Um, <laughs> But I think, you know, this might be kind of an, an easy thing, you know, and I was talking with Brenna about this off off, off camera or like off show or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the NHL is back. They were back playing uh, scrimmages yesterday, um, playing today, even right now. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see it back. You know, it's a sport that, you know, is really kind of the most important sport for me. And it's just great to see it back, you know it's not back perfectly. It's not back the way that I want it to be. You know, that's a conversation for another day, but just the pure fact that, you know, teams are out there playing and it's just like, it just, it's, it's, it's great to have it back. It's great to have that sport back. Um, and I was really kind of not sure about it, kind of concerned that I don't know if it would be safe enough, but it seems to be like they've gotten off the ground running and I'm so excited to watch the, watch the Bruins play tomorrow night. It's just great to, kind of be back in the element i kind of was like i just got so happy watching one of the scrimmages yesterday that hey it's back i can enjoy you know watching no no more talking about you know oh what they could do for next season it's like hey there's a real life hockey going on I, what i love about that is that i can see on your face the like true pure happiness that you feel because yeah. hockey is back that's my favorite it's like for everyone listening his face is beaming right now. That's how I know it's special. That's awesome, Gary. Drew, you got something? 
I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> I have to say that, like, um, you know, there's no, there's a, it's a real, there is a real gift, like, just waking up and, like, just executing what you want executed. But, like, I've been executing a lot of things this week, none of which are, I wouldn't call any of them, like, fun. But, like, you do feel good to have executed them. But I'm kind of still meditating on, like, um, what I was saying about Ethan, about, like, stop worrying about like what a good man should be and just be one. Like I'm going to try to, after this call, take the energy that I got from, from Brenna's story and see if I can't channel that, like have a nice dinner with my mother, really sit down, be very present with her, be as loving as I can to her. And you know, one thing I used to always preach to Arrowhead volunteers is like, you can't be an Arrowhead volunteer. If you're going to come in be excellent for 40 hours or eight hours during the day, if you would, and then come home and like, just be a wrecking ball to your parents and you know, be super tired and cranky so uh, but a very long week I've been working a lot of hours and I'm going to come home and still be very present very loving in the house so I'm going to make the rest of my week the best of my week I like that I think that's great um yeah. well yeah I mean that was I think a, a great conversation great conversation I think we can uh return to um great things that you guys shared um so yeah, I think that'll that'll probably do it for us for for episode six um, of the a breath of fresh life. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to this episode, and we'll uh, be with you guys when when we're with you guys. I'm not sure what we have in store for the next time we meet. Perhaps maybe we have a guest for the first time. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, everyone, have a great rest of your week and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week.